I think it's good to have a good solid foundation on what it is. Forgiveness is the deliberate decision to release resentment. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington. This is the space that you come to each and every week to learn more about what it means to chase purpose, not money. So if you're brand new here, here's what you need to know. You have stumbled into like a whole new world. This is a community that understands that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the original 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's all about the condition of well-being. And so we focus everything on what I call the six pillars of wealth. These are the parts of life that impact your finances, even when you're not thinking about it. And one of those pillars is the faith pillar, which I say is about believing in something greater. And this conversation around forgiveness today is going to be such a blessing because I'm introducing you to my very own friend and forgiveness coach. But before I jump into that, let's get to the affirmation of the week. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You got to affirm positivity. You got to affirm abundance. You got to affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is, I am recovering what was lost. Despite a colorful or chaotic past, I believe that I can regain possession of the things I feel were divinely assigned to me, not just from my generation, but from generations that flow through my DNA. Loss is a part of life, but I make a conscious decision that the impact of loss does not have to be permanent. I refuse to allow scarcity to be my portion and move forward expecting my purpose to walk me straight into abundance. I am open to the relationships and resources put on my path to help me salvage what is mine skillfully, strategically, and spiritually. Declare with me today, I am recovering everything that was lost. Okay, like I said, I want to introduce you to my very own forgiveness coach. She's been my friend. She's been my prayer partner throughout the years. And she she actually accidentally became my forgiveness coach, but that's okay. We will get into that story. Julian Alexis Roberts is a speaker and writer who is passionate about teaching women how to live life chosen and set apart. She's the founder of Campaign P31, a women's ministry and platform for women looking to grow spiritually and experience overall wellness through the practice of biblical studying, discussion, and nurturing healthy relationships. And she's my forgiveness coach because she created a program called Beauty and Forgiveness, which I got a chance to experience last summer. It's a six-week masterclass that guides students through practical steps on finding freedom in forgiveness. Without further ado, here is Alexis Roberts. Hi. Hey, Patrice. Hey, thank you for inviting me. Oh my God. I'm so excited to get into this. I'm so excited. So 
Okay. And yes, her name is Julian Alexis, but I call her Alexis. Okay. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so I just want to be clear. Okay. So Alexis and I have known each other for at least 15 years, 15, yeah. 16 years, something uh-huh. like that. Um, pre-children or right around the time of having children, somewhere around there. Yes. Um, and on and off, we have been supporters, encouragers, like, you know, prayer partners, all the things uh, over the years. And I say that I stumbled into her forgiveness uh, program because last summer I was on the road trip with Reagan. Who remembers? Reagan and I took a road trip through Georgia and a little bit of Tennessee. And I remember getting started for the road trip and in true Alexis fashion, you you reached out, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I, I want you to come on this call. Y'all, I had no idea what the call was. I didn't know. <laughs> it was didn't crazy. Know anything. <laughs> that was so random. You were, you were on my heart. And oftentimes when I feel that, I lean into it and I send the text. I'm like, hey, how are things? Are you good? Like, well, I haven't heard from you in a while. And that's what I did. And I think I did it the night before. The next morning, which was our time difference gave us kind of like the space. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, hey, I'm starting this class this morning. I don't know if you're interested, but you know, if you are hop on very informal, no, no, no. uh, Y'all, she didn't tell me nothing. She didn't tell me anything. I didn't know it was a class about forgiveness. I didn't know anything, but you know, I really believe, like you said, God put me on your heart, but I also believe that when I'm so quick with the yes, that it's also like, it's, it's that it's the Holy spirit, right? It's the the spirit pulling me in that direction Mm -hmm. because you, and you know, this, like my life is usually so full. And even the fact that you caught me when I had just like taken, but it's always been like that with us. I know (laughs) it's always been like that. We've, I've always been able, we've had some kind of connection. It's been a God thing since the beginning, because I remember praying about something particular. And I said, Lord, if it's meant for me to do it, I want you, here's me testing the Lord. I want you to have Patrice call me because she's so busy. She ain't going to call me, right? I just know this is not going to happen. And one day you called me randomly. You were sitting on the beach in the Bahamas and you said, let's use on my mind. I need to talk to you. And I said, God, what? what is going on? So that morning was just another one of those moments. Yeah. And you leaned in, you said, yes. And you also said, amen. You're like, God, I agree with whatever you're doing. I'm going to follow your lead. And I think that's absolutely key. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, I accidentally took a forgiveness course, which I absolutely needed. Okay. So I just want to start with my intention, like the moment that I started to listen to the call and understand what the heck was happening. I said, Ooh. (laughs) I said, Ooh, because I had already declared earlier that year that I was going to divorce with dignity. And Mm -hmm. so at the time that I came into the course, I thought I was doing a good job with forgiveness. Right. But there was something that started to come up for me. And I want to read it from my notes because this was like literally from one of those first days. I had to discern. And what I realized I needed to discern once I went through the first day the first week of beauty and forgiveness, I said, God, I want to know the difference between keeping the peace and prioritizing, preserving his feelings above my own. Mm -hmm. Like 
And am I truly forgiving or am I performing? And that's what kept me in the whole course. Now, more things were discovered as I went through the course, but that was it because it's really, really um, easy to believe that you have forgiven when you have forced yourself into performance. Yeah. To like to have the perception of forgiveness without having the heart and actual posture of forgiveness. Right. Because we are also, we are achievers. And so we are such great students, you and I both, we've practiced this art of achieving throughout our lives. And so part of the forgiveness piece is like, I want to achieve in this too. So you end up performing versus actually being open to what the spiritual work that's really, really deep and it's not surface at all. And so oftentimes we lean into performance because it's almost habit. It's almost a natural, um, it's almost muscle memory. Well, it's habit and it appears to be more holy, Mm. right? So yeah. there's nothing in me that wanted to be, I'm I'm not naturally a knuck if you buck, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not out here trying to fight people, you know, and, and I'm not, I don't have a problem with confrontation, but I'm not confrontational, right? right. Like if I need to address something, I have the ability to use my words and do that, mm-hmm. but I'm not someone who's just trying to like, I don't do drama. I don't do, neither do I. Yeah. yeah all Like I don't do all of those things. So it's, and it was also the rush to want to forgive because I, I had learned to intellectualize things so much that I didn't always sit with my emotions, which is something we've been talking about. That's been a journey for me, really coming to grips with that. And this season of the podcast, we've been talking about that. Many of us who are used to winning, we're used to intellectualizing what are the steps. Yeah. And, and, I know if you're listening to this podcast, you are a fellow checklist queen. We love a checklist. Like, <laughs> file, file the papers, forgive, start dating, move on. <laughs> I'm a yeah. move. Like, right. So we have yeah. a checklist and we add forgiveness to the checklist. Like it's something we could be like, okay, I've forgiven. I'm going to yeah, check it off so I can move really to the not. next thing. Yeah. That's why we define forgiveness differently than how we experience it. I think it's good to have a good solid foundation on what it is. Forgiveness is the deliberate decision to release resentment. It is the moment that you say, I am going to do this. Whatever this is, whatever is attached to this process, I am saying yes and amen, which means I agree to whatever that is. That's what it is. And so the performance part might be the surface level, but then like, okay, wait, that's cool. That's cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like it. Let me pull that later back. And once we unravel, we unfold, unpack together what's underneath there. Uh Uh-huh. And then what's underneath there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And where, how far down does this thing go to the root, to the root, you know, have you ever pulled weeds? Well, my grandmother, listen, if you ain't ever pulled no weeds, Cleo Giles <laughs> taught me how to pull a weed in the backyard. And she said, baby, you don't pull it up by the leaves. You don't pull the stem. She said, you put your hand down close to the ground and you snatch that whole thing up. And when you pull it up, you'll see that the root is almost as long as the weed itself. Mm. That's how you get it. 
so that it doesn't choke out all of your your vegetables or your flowers, the things that you actually want to stay in your garden. So when we do this work of forgiveness, you have to pull that thing up by the root. And once you experience the release and the freedom of pulling that thing up by the root, oh, you can identify, oh, let me take care of this. Okay, this one, I got to pull this thing up by the root too. You just start going for it because the freedom to live with like authenticity and and just power and authority and just like, I don't have to be weighted down by this thing. I don't have to be burdened by this. So it starts with the decision and then it's followed up with this work and agreeing with God to say, God, I, however you choose to do it, I'll allow myself to go through it. Even though that root pulling process hurts, Mm-hmm. But it's a necessary pain to experience the healing that you need. Oh, come on, Miss Cleo, with the uh, <laughs> with the example here, because I was thinking of a past episode we did around how unforgiveness blocks purpose. Mm-hmm. And so when you gave, you know, this visual of if you don't pull up the whole root how that thing can attach itself to other things in the garden that you do desire. Mm -hmm. So here we are trying to plant seeds, right? For purpose and for good relationships in our lives and for, you know, abundance and all these things that we want. And we don't realize that there's something deep down Mm -hmm. that no matter how much work we do and how much sunshine looks like it's above, if there are weeds that are attaching themselves, to, to the other things that you desire, you're going to have to stop and do the work. Absolutely. It, it, at some point, you're uh-huh. going to have to stop to do the work or if not, because the whole garden will become basically contaminated, right? Like run, Absolutely. Over, Absolutely. run over with weeds. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. Um, people oftentimes relate faith and fear together, mm-hmm. but I want to relate faith and unforgiveness together for a second. In the Bible, it talks about if you have faith as a mustard seed, and we have heard that so many times, we think about the size. In that analogy, we always think about the size of a mustard seed being very small. It's a very small size seed. Here's what we don't think about. Every seed has the potential to reap a harvest. What type of harvest do you reap with a seed? It doesn't. It's not determined by the size of the seed. It's determined by the DNA that's in inside the seed, what type of harvest you get. A mustard seed, when planted, they call it mustard weed because it grows like a weed. So even though it's small in size, it is very hard to get rid of. And so Jesus oftentimes uses this as he's like, listen, you can have a little bitty faith, but that faith can grow and it can be so pervasive that it can uh, it can overtake all of your concerns, all of your fear, all of your issues with unforgiveness. And in the same way, for unforgiveness is a weed too. If you don't catch it, it has the ability to grow too. Now, which one you feed is the one that grows fastest, furthest, has the, the most bountiful harvest, right? And so in this case, it takes so much faith to overtake, I think, the unforgiveness part. 
not because of the size of the actual original state of it, but how much you water it and allow it to flourish. And I like the terminology of this whole mustard weed. When I heard that, I was like, wait a minute. So even if I have a small amount of faith, that thing can still outperform any other thing that's a problem area in my life if we allow it to. So I I just was encouraged. Yeah, the same thing with unforgiveness, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. because when you, even, even, you know, sticking with this, some people's unforgiveness can be rooted in a small offense, what others may be consider Mm -hmm. a small offense, but you keep harping on it, watering it, feeding it, magnifying it, amplifying it. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things we always say is what you verbalize, you magnify and magnetize. And so some of us have a habit of, do you know what so-and-so said? And we tell everybody we encounter people who don't even know those people know the story, right? Like, and we continue to feed that. And I only imagine that the root gets deeper and deeper and stronger. Mm -hmm. And it could be why it feels like so many other parts of our lives are also not panning out the way that we desire. Yeah. You're keeping a record. You're keeping a record of all the things that have been done. And it's so interesting because as I think back on my own story, I think back on where I started with this whole thing of unforgiveness, right? Like it really started in like the high school, college years, probably where someone would do something to me or say something to me that was hurtful. And in my mind, I kept a like a, a mental record, like message saved. Mm-hmm. One time's fluke, second time's a pattern. That's all you got. You got one, two with me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I would keep this mental record. And as I kept that mental record, relationship after relationship, I would go from one to the next. Girlfriends, I would cut ties. I wouldn't give them the time of day. I just would cut ties all the way across until finally I I got into probably my late 30s and or late to mid 30s. And I, I did not see the weed of unforgiveness. I didn't see it. It was like, it was hidden in plain sight, but it was hidden. I just thought maybe these people weren't my people. So I just severed these relationships, but I didn't recognize that my inability to have healthy relationships was linked to my unwillingness. I want to say that to forgive. In the same way, I claim to be a Christian that God the Father has forgiven me freely, right? I forgot about that part. But here I am trying to have healthy relationships and I can't, I never saw it. It literally was right in front of me. And it wasn't, it didn't really hit me in the face until my mother was diagnosed um, in 2016 with cancer. And by the top of 2017, just 10 short months afterwards, she was gone. And that was the beginning of what I thought was the end, right? Similar to what you discussed. I even remember a time when we were praying that I talked about so much of what was going on in that season. I was rehearsing and rehashing and magnetizing and magnifying all of the dramas that were associated with that. In short, you know, um, my dad and I always growing up, we've had a pretty decent relationship. My parents were married for that entire time. I think like 37 years. And so when she left, it was a shock to all of our systems. Um, 
but all of us responded differently. And in that, um, it was about two or three years later um, that I was sitting at the um, repast for my grandmother, my, my, my paternal grandmother, his mom's uh, funeral. And I saw him stroll in with his new wife fresh off their Italian honeymoon. I mean, fresh, baby. When I say fresh, I mean like they had just come from the airport to come to Granny's funeral. Um, and as they walked in, I just thought to myself, oh my God, I am. I feel so abandoned. I was embarrassed. We were back at our old church. You know, all the things were surfacing in my mind. And I'm just like, God, I'm here with my child. He, This is the first time he's going to have to meet her. You know, all the things that we think about. And as I'm sitting there, I get through the service. Everything's fine. We get to the graveyard and I am completely triggered. My cousin leans over to me and she's like, hey, where's your mom's spot? I'd like to go pay my respects. And in that moment, my wheels are turning. They are spinning because it's a little bit of snow on the ground. So we're walking and I'm like, uh, uh, like literally like a small child. I'm like a young child in my heart. My heart is pounding all the things. And I'm searching for my mom's grave because she's covered and hidden in, in an unmarked grave three years after she's deceased. So in one day I've had to look at my dad, his new wife, find, try to find my mom's unmarked grave, feeling like the lack of closure, humiliation, embarrassment, all the things, sadness, grief, everything, every emotion you can. And I felt like I was losing my mind. I felt like I was going to lose it. And in that moment, God said, will you give this to me? Will you hand it over? Will you make the deliberate decision to release resentment? And in that moment, all you can really do to respond is cry. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. And so I got back in the car and I had like one of those ugly cries. Um, and I had to make a decision that day. I could not live with that. Um, it's unhealthy. Let's talk about it. It's unhealthy. The weight of that level of baggage and the amount of mental real estate that it takes up to be able to hold the list of all the things that a person has done to you is that most of the time the people have gone on with their lives, but it's you who like Erica Badu saying like, bag lady, you're going to miss your bus. You're going to miss your chance in life, your opportunity to exercise purpose in your life and find fulfillment if you don't let this stuff go. Mm-hmm. And then he started to, re- he took me through a three-year journey. What, she, what you experienced was six weeks. What I experienced was the three-year version of, okay, daughter, I'm going to take you step by step where God the Father himself was every day in devotion and in prayer and all the things was giving me step-by-step instruction for how to uproot some of this stuff and how to heal it once and for all. Mm -hmm. And once you learn the steps and the strategies of how to do it, you can apply it to any area in your life. You can apply it to unforgiveness in your marriage. You can apply it to resentment that you have towards your kids. Maybe they've done things to you, your adult kids, you know, even little kids. Sometimes they do things and you're like, oh, I don't know if I, I love you, but I don't know if I like you, you know? Right. <laughs> like, um, and just think about all these different areas and relationships that you can apply these skills and strategies to. And after it was all said and done, packaging it and being able to, and you know, you're free when you're able to. You can not only do a thing, but now you can teach a thing. Yeah. 
able yeah. to duplicate that thing. And so I feel like, you know, my story in terms of the hurt and the the having to go under the surface down to the root of the problem. Oh my God. It is such hard work, but had I not gone through that, there would have been so many other women who wouldn't have experienced the freedom of the other side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Like that there is freedom there yeah, and there is hope there and there's healing and there is a light. There's, you know, there's weighty stuff in life. And then there's a lightness where you can just float even when problems seem to be, you know, surrounding you. So that's my story in a nutshell. And I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for that season. I mean, one of the things we talked about before we even start recording is, you know, me sharing that I don't regret or resent anything that I've experienced. And I say that wholeheartedly. And Alexis is a person who's seen a lot, right? And she was praying with me through a lot of these different seasons. And I still don't regret or resent any of it because I understand that I would not be this version of myself. Yes. And I love who I am. Like I love Patrice Washington and I love the compassion that she carries for women, for people, um, for wives, for you, right? Like for girls, Mm -hmm. I love who I am, but I know that I wouldn't be this person without those experiences. Not that I you know, would have chosen them for myself because I also understand that I didn't deserve any of the stuff that I experienced. However, because I did and because I'm still here and because I have a voice and God has blessed me with a platform and a microphone and people who actually listen, I'm going to use like everything from my experience, good, bad, or indifferent to be Mm -hmm. a blessing to others, like period. And that fulfills scripture because this is what he he says in his word when he says, I will work everything out for your good to the good of those who love God and called according to his purpose. And by that, he says, he wastes nothing. He's like, even the crappy stuff, like I'm gonna use that too. I'm gonna repurpose that girl, reuse, reduce, reuse, recycle. We're gonna <laughs> use that and we're gonna put it with something else and I'm gonna modify that thing and we're gonna adapt it and we reproduce it in such a way that it can be usable, not just for you, Mm-hmm. but usable for other people as well. And that's when he gets the glory. So I'm, you know, it, yeah. it, if it's necessary, God, okay. Yes. There we go again with that. Yes. Yes. And amen. Amen. Um, now I know you are loving the redefining wealth podcast, but do you know what would take it up a notch? It's if you invested in a copy of my brand new book, redefine wealth for yourself, how to stop chasing money and finally live your life's purpose. Now on the podcast, you hear me talk about the six pillars of wealth every single week. That's fit, people, space, faith, work, and money. And I want you to incorporate this into your life. But let's be honest, the podcast isn't enough. I poured 114 lessons from my own life, the rituals, the mindsets, the behaviors, the attitudes that I had to shift in order to redefine wealth for myself in each one of these pillars. And now, I've made it available to you. So you can make sure to pick up your copy in paperback, hardcover, or even listen on Audible. Whatever you do, make this a part of your library today. So one of the things that I loved about Beauty and Forgiveness um, was the sisterhood and the community, because it really does allow you to see that you're not alone, 
right? Mm-hmm. I always say you're not the first, you're not the last, you're not alone. Um, and so much stuff comes up. So again, I was the accidental student. Other people <laughs> had signed up well before, right? So I come in um, to the first week and, and obviously decide to stay while I'm on the road. I'm calling in. I'm Zooming from different hotels, different. They're like, where are you at this week? Right? Like all the things, but committed. Um, yeah, absolutely. Being there. And that is so important too, because when you start to, when you're in that intimate space and you start to hear other people's stories, the stuff that comes up, because my big thing was my unforgiveness was not about my ex or former husband. Like, yes, that was a thing, but because we kept pulling back the layers and pulling back the layers and pulling back the layers, like you told the story about going back to college, I had to go back to childhood where I just had heard so many unsupportive um, ideas around male and female relationships and had witnessed so many things that were actually toxic, but being packaged as like normal. Yeah. Um, yeah, And like all these things. And I'm like, Hmm, like my forgiveness, like I realized I had to forgive my mom for some stuff. Right. I need to forgive like different people in my family and not because they consciously or intentionally did something, Mm -hmm. but sometimes just because of how they lived their lives, they were Mm -hmm. a model. And I understand as a mother that there are going to be things that Reagan has to forgive me for, not because I consciously tried to hurt her or do anything, but even, even when I'm trying to be my best, I know I'm not perfect. And so, but there are moments, there are experiences that you have sometimes people don't even know an apology is necessary and I don't know that it's about needing them to give you an apology in order for you to come into agreement with releasing yeah it's really the work is not on them at all the work is all on you because so this is part of the reason why the the course was even created because what I recognize is that people have most people have a problem with forgiving either themselves others, or God. Those are the three categories. Um, And so with that, what God is always trying to do, um, for those of you who are believers, is that he is, he's always, he always wants a relationship with you. So he's always trying to bring you back into communion with him, right? So sometimes he lets life circumstances happen. Why? To draw you back to him, right? Like, oh my God, I'm desperate. I need help. And so like you come back to him, but he also does this major work with community, like where you have this experience with the sisterhood where you can um, work together and iron sharpens iron, right? Mm-hmm. And that you can tease out of each other the things that um, need a deeper working in a safe, controlled environment, right? I don't, exp- I don't, I do not encourage anyone to do this level of work in an open um in an open, inexperienced environment. Let me just put it like that, okay? But then the third thing that I think comes out of this inner working of identifying or forgiving either yourself, others, or God is this connection one to another. Like this ability to walk arm in arm, connected with someone who has a similar experience, like the power of that. Um, Being able to sit in class in the morning 
And not only just with the other participants in the class, but having mentors who are attached to your story as well, who could on week on, on days where you're feeling a little weaker than normal or just kind of feeling uneasy about what's being unpacked, they can actually speak life and affirm the positive portions of your experience and the blessings and expose you, like open your eyes to the blessings of Mm -hmm. what you are now uncovering and unpacking. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, They give you wisdom. They pour into you. They pray over you. Um, They also let me know as the leader, like, Hey, these are some areas that they might even be interested in um, seeking the EMFT in the group Mm -hmm. just to unpack it even further if necessary. And so I think, that this community aspect, you cannot, he never intended for you to do life alone. God never intends it. He always is about fellowship and collaboration and um, really learning for one another because there's only so much you can get directly from me. And there's only so much, so many books you can read, but if you can, you can multiply that thing exponentially, if you lean on the knowledge of the entire group. Absolutely. You lean on the experience of the time group. So I'm glad that that was a part that stood out for you because that's, you know, that's, that's really important to me. Every other month I attend a super friends brunch where we talk about everything from purpose to pursuing new dreams and even menopause. Yep. You heard me menopause because if you're over 40 and your girlfriends don't keep it real, I don't know what to tell you, but we have these important conversations because how can we redefine wealth if we're not keeping up with our hormonal health? Now, We discovered Happy Mammoth. It's the company that created Hormone Harmony and it's dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for us. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. Hormone Harmony contains herbal extracts called aptogens that help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally. And any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take Hormone Harmony. It's perfect for hot flashes, night sweats, menopause-related brain fog, sleeplessness, occasional bloating and gas. You get the picture. Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com by using the code RW at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RW for 15% off. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, it was it was powerful, um, you know, and then being able to just tap in and create a list of different times when you just you held on to things um, in different seasons. There was so much. I really the homework aspect. Oh, child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a teacher by trade. What you know, <laughs> she was 14 years of teaching. Right. Traditional education. And then God called you into to ministry. But girl, ooh, child. Um, I wanted to, to quickly touch on this too. Um, you break down the three types of relationships that we get to sort out. Like, so one of the things you mentioned is in college or even, you know, even into adulthood, you had a pattern of just dismissing people, releasing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um, releasing people, um, when, you know, there was something going on in the relationship, but one of the things that um, I've heard you talk about is kind of discerning which relationship belongs where when yeah. we come into that space. Um, can you talk about the three? So I'll not just release, but there's actually two others. Yes. So there are. So there's this thing that you you learn to do probably around week four or five of beauty and forgiveness, and it's called the sorting of relationships understanding which relationships can be restored and the the definition of restore or restoration being taking it back to where it was, the condition in which it was before, right? Um, Now, this is all things considered, like, is it something that you can undo and forgive completely to get the relationship back to where it is? In most cases, um, if it's not an egregious thing, you might be able to, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But depending on the degree and everybody has what their personal deal breakers are, right? So you have to kind of consider that. Um, So that's the first level. You can take it back to the point of restoration, getting it back to where it was when it first began or before the offense happened, right? Or there's option number two, where you can just, you know what, let's reconcile. Let's just get it back to a point where it's healthy. There's a mutual respect. We agree that this was something that was hurtful. Um, I'm aware of it. I'm going to forgive it, but I'm going to create boundaries, new rules of engagement. So we are we are still able to relate to one another. We are able to um, maybe even still be friends, go out for lunch or whatever, but it might not be like it once was. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's okay. That's absolutely acceptable. But then there are some things some behaviors that for you personally might be deal breakers and the other person in the, uh, the other party may not be willing to change their behavior. And they have, you know, in a previous season, maybe you reconciled with them, right? Mm-hmm. And that reconciliation came back again in another situation of a, a separate offense. And now you see yourself like, okay, I've tried to forgive this person. I've let them know what my boundaries are, and they still, for some reason, are finding it hard to respect the lines. And then you have to really 
consider, is this healthy for me? How does this make me feel every time I have to go back into this space? Am I settling? Am I people pleasing? What is it that I need to hold on to this person for? And so sometimes it gets really, really sticky, right? Because it could be a blood family member. It could be a business partner, which sometimes I think is hard to sever, right? Yeah. And so you really have to consider all of the factors as you are sorting your relationships, but sometimes they end up in release. Now, here's the thing. I know that is really hard, especially how can you be a Christian and release people? Let me tell you how. Because just because I think this was one of the statements and I I posted it not too long ago on Instagram, just because you are bound together by name or by blood does not mean you have to do life together. Ooh, does not mean that. And I think what it does is it establishes a respect that everyone has choice. Even God gives you choice. He doesn't force himself on you. He's saying, hey, here's a life raft. You want to get in? He gives you free will. So if Jesus gives me free will, then I am not obligated just because we share a last name or we share a blood to do life with you. Mm-hmm. I am going to use the same criteria to pick, to pick my people as you would to pick your friends. That's family, colleagues, friends, whatever. I'm going to use the same criteria. These are the types of people I'm looking for. And these are the types of people I'm open to. Yeah. When you, when we can find that mutual place of agreement where we can function and live together and pull each other up and support one another and sharpen one another, then great. But if after trying, you've gone through this season of restoration, you've tried to do that, you've done the reconciliation part and you still can't get, now we have to consider release and releasing, like you said, with dignity. You don't have to read people their rights. You just say, you know what? Or sometimes you don't have to say anything. Your actions politely can speak better and louder than words. I have released people with my best Claire Huxtable no. Like, no, I'm okay. I love you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's all. Complete. Complete. Mm-hmm. And free. I felt chains break as you were breaking that down especially the piece about just because we're bound by blood, we don't have to do life together. Cause a lot of people stay in toxic cycles because they're like, but that's my mama. Your mom is toxic though. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you've done all the things you've tried to restore and reconcile. And at some point we have to stop romanticizing reality and say, this is not healthy for me. I have Mm -hmm. to release this. Absolutely. And I feel like you're going to be punished because you do. Yeah. And I've seen people even take long seasons of reconciliation before they go back to the relationship. They've taken a break mm-hmm. just for the sake of health and and moving at a pace that they feel comfortable with. Mm, that just led me into another thought. Oftentimes with forgiveness, with this practice of forgiveness, oftentimes the offender will have moved on with their life and tell the offended Oh, you should have just got over that. 
Well, you don't get to determine how fast I forgive because you weren't the person impacted. So as you know, like I know that that was a that was a major thing with um, some of the young ladies who have gone through the program. And I just had to encourage them. I said, this process is between you and your heavenly father. That is the only person who is keeping tabs of, of where your heart is, what your motivation is, and what your momentum is. He is the only person who is keeping tabs on that. Everyone else, that's not their job. Not my job. My job is to give you the tools to share with you how you can do it. But how fast you do it and where your heart is, Mm -hmm. that's not on me. So good. Well, I'm excited that you all have had an opportunity to hear from my very own forgiveness coach. I have a certificate to prove that I went through the course. It's up in my prayer room, proudly hanging on the wall. Um, The best accidental program I have ever signed up for. It was such a big part of my process and continues to be um, as other offenses arise. And I just know how to handle them I feel with a much more grace but not because I'm forcing myself to perform yeah which is really important but Mm -hmm. because I understand how to peel the layers back and have a process for how I process those things and um, I'm definitely going to link to beauty and forgiveness and all of Alexis's contact info Um, I know that 10 or 100 of you need to take beauty and forgiveness or a thousand or 10,000 of you like, and they're intimate, small cohorts. So I'm really going to suggest that if you can't get in the next cohort that you just get on the wait list. But if you're a human being over two years old, you need beauty and forgiveness. I'm sorry, because we've just all had too many experiences where we so innocently, I think sometimes try to brush past and move past things. And we don't realize how deep those roots are actually growing and how they're impacting the rest of the garden. Yeah. Um, the work that you do is so needed and so important. And I'm so grateful that God put you, put me on your heart and that you reached out that day. um, Last, I was Holy Spirit. I I really don't want to take as much credit about it, but it was like, you know, how he nudges you. Yeah. But you were Mm -hmm. obedient. Amen. I'll take that. And I thank you for the obedience. Before I let you go, let me ask you the redefining wealth, rapid wisdom questions. First Mm -hmm. one is how do you define success? I define success um, and the willingness to be obedient to God. How do you define wealth in three words or less? That is such a challenge. <laughs> she asks like she's never heard this podcast. In oh, yeah. No, I know. Um, <laughs> wealth. Understanding your true value. That was a lot of words, but I'm gonna let you go. Understanding okay. your value. Oh, there you go. Good for you. Um, what's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? I'm cheating, but it's really yours because I really was one who ran from issues of finance, but you opened my eyes to that 10 years ago and told oh. me not to be afraid. Oh, so real money answers. Yep, real money answers. I'll take it. Thank you very much. Um, And fill in the blank. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. 
My name is Julian Alexis Roberts. And the truth about wealth is it's for the taking for everyone. I like that. It's for the taking for everyone. I love it. Um, Alexis, how can we follow you on Instagram? What's your handle? Yes, it is campaign P31 um, at campaign P31. That's it. Perfect. And we will make sure that we link to all of her contact info, her website, beauty and forgiveness, all in the show notes. You guys, I hope that today's conversation has been a blessing as you seek to redefine love for yourself, for God, for others, but now also forgive yourself, forgive Mm. God, because yeah, that's a thing too. And forgive others. I really, really do pray that this was a blessing to you. Please don't hesitate to pass this along to someone in your life who you know needs to hear this conversation. Also make sure you rate and review the podcast. We really, really appreciate that. It allows us to continue to find more purpose chasers out there who might be doing life alone and they need to know that there's other folks who resonate with the same type of message. So I appreciate you guys. I love you guys so much. Until next week, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.